I'm Dean Jackson. He's Joe Polish. And this is the I Love Marketing Podcast. It's Dean Jackson and Joe Polish and Joe Polish as always. Yes. Here we are. Yeah, quickly again. I said that. I did. I liked it. Okay. So, uh, you know what I think we should talk about today? I haven't the slightest idea. Why don't you tell me? I think we should talk about referrals. That sounds good. I'll just, it's I'm kind of like a magician here. I'll just pull into my referral hat and pull out a, a referral rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we spend so much time talking about the the before unit, and we talk about things like, you know, because most people, when they think about marketing, what they really think about is the all the before unit things. They think about the ads, and they think about campaigns and postcards and lead generation and all that stuff. That's what they think of when they think of marketing, wouldn't you say? I would say so. And... You know, when when we look at things, the way we've been talking about this concept of before, the before unit, the during unit, and the after unit, and of course the after unit being nurturing lifetime relationships with the people who know you, like you, trust you, the people who've done business with you in the past, and the people who you would hope would do business with you again, and the people who you would hope would refer you to their... your their friends and their family and the people that they know. You know, yeah, kind of like the referability of I love marketing has gotten pretty pretty good because, you know, I I I run into people and, you know, read comments where I'm telling, you know, other people about it and uh I hear that all mm-hmm. the time and, you know, with with the internet and with social networking and everything, it makes it easy for people to do that, but there's there's a whole sort of process that that many uh, different processes that one could employ, utilize, whatever you want to call it, uh, in order to get people to, um, you know, want to tell others about you. Yeah. And you know why I think that, that people have, that they don't think about referrals and they don't think about the after unit as a marketing um, opportunity is probably because they think that referrals are just something that they can't really control. You know, they think that referrals are something that happen um, spontaneously, you know, so you do your best and you hope that people will refer people to you, but they don't think about it as something that they can actually uh, predict and control and and have some influence on. You know, I you know why? You know, you know why that is, though. Why? Because those people are dumbasses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally, I'm totally kidding. So, if there's one of our listeners that I just offended, just don't, you know, lighten up a little. Just kind of making a joke here, making, you know, doing a little I love marketing call, having some jokes on the side. Nothing too weird about that. Oh man. <laughs> the other thing is that a lot of people don't think that referrals really apply to their business as much, you know? Oh yeah, well we'll 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 soon dismiss that sort of nonsense <laughs> if anyone's thinking it. Because <laughs> oh, well, look, yeah, I, let me let me say and and I'm I'm sorry for being in this interruptive, but that's kinda how my brain is wired. I think I'm genetically engineered to interrupt people just like you can engineer referrals. It doesn't just sort of happen. You can, you know, word of mouth marketing is one of the most powerful forms of generating business. And it's great business because, you know, when you have a great client that tells someone about you, you know, they've just done your marketing for you in advance, you know, because we've defined right. on different calls, marketing is selling in advance yeah. and a referral is is selling in advance. And, you know, a, a lot of people associate 
referrals uh, not as marketing because it's not spending money on advertising. It's not coming up with a headline. It's not writing a sales letter. Uh, however, you know, one of my favorite definitions of, of marketing, having interviewed some of the top marketers in the world, uh, you know, I've been doing Genius Network interviews for over 15 years, 16 years, I think, since my very first interview. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite ones, I can't even remember who, who it was. It might have been John Carlton or Gary Halbert or Dan Kennedy or someone years ago. I, I you know, asked, what's your definition of marketing? And they said the quickest path to the sale. And if a referral can be the quickest path to the sale, it's marketing. So Yeah, exactly. And I look at that as, uh, you know, I still look at referrals as lead generation. I still think marketing to the people who know you, like you, and trust you in a way that they refer people. I look at it as, you know, as lead generation that those leads are just getting escorted right to the front of the line because they don't need to necessarily go through the whole warming up process and and everything that a, a cold lead would have to go through. Yeah, you know, just like a See, I'm interrupting you again. Just just like a date, you know, if you if you want to go out and try to just ask random people out cold versus have a friend of yours that knows, likes you and trusts you say to another person that knows, likes and trusts that person, "Hey, I've got this great person you should meet. You have a lot in common or you don't or whatever." Mm-hmm. They've referred you. So, I mean, every person can, you know, I I bet you half the people that are listening uh, right now that are in relationships, married or not, or past relationships, uh, have literally met their significant other or their partner or their husband and wife through a referral. Mm-hmm. I bet you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. That's how. How'd you, how'd you meet your wife? Uh, you know, uh, that's another story. I'll tell you how I met my wife, but I ran into her at a museum. So it wasn't a referral. No, it wasn't a referral. It was a call. Well, there you go. That's why they should listen to all of our other marketing techniques because you can't always just rely on referrals. <laughs> you want to have a lot of tools in your toolbox, and referral That's marketing exactly is one right. of them. Yeah. So. so, hey, if there was only one marketing technique, we would have ended on episode one, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it wouldn't have been a free podcast because we wouldn't have people continuing to listen to us. You know what? Wait, that one. That was that one. That one secret, you know, how many times have you heard if there was just one thing, you know, there'd be like one self-help book and anyway, I digress. Let's go back to wherever you were before I interrupted you. (laughs) Well, I mean, you know that I've been very passionate about referrals and and I've studied a lot the psychology of referrals and I've, I've studied a lot about how they actually happen and how you can make them happen. And, you know, one of the, I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to share some of the stuff that, uh, that I've observed and learned and applied to the real estate, uh, world to, and then we'll talk about how we can apply that to other, other businesses. But here's what I observed is we, we used to do big real estate seminars. And we'd have, you know, five, six, seven hundred people in a room. And, and at one point in the room, what I would do when we started talking about referrals is I, we, I'd set the stage by asking 10 people to stand up and share the story of the last person that was referred to them. Because everybody gets referrals, and I'd I'd encourage everybody listening right now to think about the last time that somebody referred you. And here's what I found. I was listening as they were telling the stories, and the stories typically fell into two categories. They fell into a category that sounded like this. Um, Who was the person that was referred to you? Well, it was Bob. And Bob called me up and said, my friend Joe told me that you could help me sell my house. And that story or a version of that story was what happened 80% of the time when I heard that, um, when I heard them tell that story. The other 20% of the time, what would happen is, they would say, uh, I was referred to John, 
And my client, Joe, called me up and said, hey, my friend John is going to be selling his house. You should give him a call. I've already told him about you. We talked about you. Um, and he's expecting your call. Now, you have to actually do something about that. So do you see, see the difference in those two stories? The first one is what I call the passive referral, meaning you didn't have to do anything to make it happen. They just showed up on your doorstep and said the magic words, my friend Joe told me all about you and I'm, I'm ready to do whatever it is. I'm ready for you to adjust my back. I'm ready for you to paint my house. I'm ready for you to uh, redecorate my house. I'm ready to get a new car. I'm ready to look at homes. Whatever business it is, people show up on your doorstep and say, my friend Joe told me about you. That is a passive referral. And it's 70 to 80% of all the referrals that, that you get. And then that second type of referral is what I call a reactive referral. And that means that when they call, when your client calls you up or your customer or your friend calls you up and says, Hey, my friend Joe is thinking about selling his house. I was telling him all about you. You should give him a call. You now have to react to that referral. See the difference with the passive referral. They're already right there. They're, they're on your doorstep, ready to go. That's, completely passive on your part. You didn't do anything to make it happen. It falls out of the sky and it's a wonderful day when that's when that happens. And it happens all the time. It happens for carpet cleaners, it happens for car salespeople, it happens for chiropractors, doctors, eye doctors, dentists, and anybody in business has somebody who was referred to them and just shows up on their doorstep. That's a passive referral. Then they also have the reactive referrals where people say, you should give my friend a call. He's thinking about buying a car, and I was telling him all about you. And now you have to have a different level of skill on that because you have to now take that information and you have to call Joe and, and introduce yourself and turn that conversation into, into an opportunity, turn that into an opportunity to help them. So those those two things the passive referrals and the reactive referrals make up almost all of the referrals that actually happen so i i would put up on a uh, i had a, a big um uh flip pad on the stage and i would put three columns as i was going through those stories i'd put you know put the numbers from 1 to 10 down the the left side and then i'd have three columns at the top one with a big p for passive one with a big r for reactive and i would put a check mark in which column the story that i was hearing would happen so we did this you know i would get 10 people to do this at at probably did that for 40 events so probably had you know, 400 people go through this and without fail, it was always either 80, 20 or 70, 30, um, passive and reactive. But then that left this third column, which I labeled with a big O at the top. And that third column was always blank because I'm asking spontaneously stories of the last person that was referred to you. And that was what was happening. But the O, that third column, is really the column where all the opportunity is. And that's where you can take marketing knowledge and turn it into referrals by concentrating on that third column, which is the orchestrated referral. Now, right there, when you say that word orchestrated, you know that what we're talking about is something that you can control. You can set the circumstances. You can uh, control the conversation that, that you're having or the communication that you're having with the people who know you, like you, and trust you in a way that you can orchestrate that they give you referrals, that they refer people to you. So, um, it's a pretty exciting opportunity that not many people are really taking advantage of it. And, you know, the thing is that you've got 
a ready-to-market-to pool of people who already know you, like you, and trust you. They're the people who have already done business with you. You are their incumbent realtor or their dentist or their chiropractor or their dog groomer or their roofer or whatever your business is. If, if they're somebody who you were the one who solved their carpet cleaning problem the last time they had it, you're the one who is now their their carpet cleaner, and they hopefully, when they have a, a carpet need, they'll think of you, especially for their own personal needs. But what we want to do now is take that to the next level so that when their friends have a carpet cleaning need, they'll feel compelled to introduce you to those friends. And that's the key. So how does one do that? Well, here's the thing. The first, as soon as you get it, that you can orchestrate referrals rather than just wait for them to come passively and reactively, most people will acknowledge that they're not doing anything proactive to to orchestrate referrals. And so there's a couple of reasons why they don't. It's probably because they don't know that they should be doing it. You know, they don't know that this is something that could be and should be in their, in their marketing mix to, to use, uh, you know, skillful, uh, communications that can set up the circumstances that somebody would refer a specific type of, of person to you. Because when you're orchestrating this, we, you know, you, what you can't control is when somebody refers you, you can't control what type of person they are referring if it's a passive and reactive referral you get whatever somebody is is delivering to you but with the orchestrated referral you can set up the entire communication the whole circumstances around it so that you can encourage people to refer a specific type of person any type of person that you would uh, that you'd prefer to have um, right now in your business and so the biggest mindset that people have to overcome is to get out of this mindset that referrals just happen naturally and to get into the mindset that you can actually make them happen. And so we'll talk about some of the, the strategies that you can do that. But immediately what that hap- what happens is that people start immediately bringing up some blocks about orchestrating referrals. You know, one of the biggest things that that people have is that this overriding mindset that when people are referring, that they are referring as a favor to you. And so we're reluctant to ask people to refer because it seems like you could, you know, in, in a lot of people's minds, they may position that as feeling uncomfortable because it feels like they're they're begging for business or they're asking for business they're asking for a favor and they approach it like that like they like they're asking their clients to do something for them but what i've discovered is the the reality of why people refer is not as a favor to you but as something that makes them feel good you know, the only reason we refer things is because we, we want to feel good about it. And if you think about any relationship, you know, you think about um, each of your clients has a, a circle of relationships that are are have their own dynamics are very powerful it's their own little their own little pack that they surround themselves with you know that in their pack is their family and their neighbors and their friends and their coworkers and the people that they socialize with or they do recreation with that you know it, it's pretty uh pretty standard the types of relationships that that people have and one of the things that we always like to do is make our, bring good things to our friends so that we feel good about it. And, you know, I started observing that dynamic because even in, in close relationships, like I know 
even in our relationship, Joe, if I bring something to you, if I introduce you to something and you you hadn't heard of it or you you uh you know a particular book or a movie or or I introduce you to a, a friend or somebody and it turns out to be a really good thing for you, that makes me feel good. Right? That makes me feel good because it feels like I've one up to you. You know, and really when you look at it, most people have in their lives relationships like that where I mean our relation our whole relationship is is predicated on one upping each other, you know? Yes. <laughs> and uh I'm gonna refrain myself from making any any other jokes for the for the pure benefit of our listeners. <laughs> But you know yourself, right? It's like you, your whole world oh, completely. is like that, too. You know, the reason that you refer people and you're such a great connector of people is because it makes you feel good when you see two people get together and do something great and you're the one who brought those two people together. Yeah, that you know what's funny about that? It's like everyone refers to me as like a great connector, great connector. and, and Yeah. You know, I don't run around and call myself the connector or that I'm a great connector. It's just one of the right. things that I do. And, right, exactly. yeah, I get immense joy out of knowing that I can do it so much more effectively than you because I'm, you know, constantly <laughs> Because our whole relationship is predicated on that. And no, but, you know, in, 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 in all seriousness, uh, it, it is, you know, let me let me let me kind of step back and and based on everything you said, which I completely agree with, and I hope that everyone's really kind of understanding the psychology that you're you're explaining. And we have talked about passive referrals and reactive referrals and orchestrated referrals and engineered word of mouth marketing and all that stuff we've touched on on past episodes, and it all ties in together. Uh, you know, a couple things I want to mention, um, and I I can't even remember what episode we we talked about this on, but the the happy client experience. I have this process that I teach. Um, you know, I teach it in the Nightingale Conant program and I mm-hmm. teach it to carpet cleaners and I'll just explain I think it here. We talked, I think we talked about that on uh, when we had Ivan Meisner. Oh, yes, 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 I believe I we did. That's when it was because that was the other time that we talked about referrals and we talked about right. passive reactive referrals. Yeah. Okay. And that's okay, a great, and- I mean, just as a reference for people, if you're just kind of catching up to the, the I Love Marketing show here, is that that episode with, with uh, Dr. Ivan Meisner is a great, would be a great compliment to this episode. So yeah, go yeah, he's on that. Listen to that one, too. Yeah, he's the founder of BNI, which is, uh, you know, in the business networking. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just good stuff. And so... You know, there's, if you can imagine three faces, there's a, a, a face that's frowning, um, and that would be an unhappy customer. There's a face that's just blank. It's not smiling, but it's not frowning. It's a, that would be a satisfied customer, and then a happy face, which would be, you know, like a loyal client. And what you're doing in business is you're, you're creating, um, you're delivering expectations, and people, all have an expectation. I used to use this analogy years ago, and I would say, you know, if you um, go to McDonald's, which I would never recommend anyone that wants to eat healthy ever do, um, if you were to go to McDonald's and, like, order a hamburger, your expectation is not that someone's going to, you know, deliver it to you on a silver platter and, you know, say, oh, my God, thank you so much for coming to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of times, you know, if the kid or whoever just handed you, threw you a bag of the burger, um, across the counter, you know, and didn't even say thank you. Uh, most people in that sort of environment would even notice it. It's like, you know, you come there, you get your food, you go. It's fast food, which again, I don't think anyone should eat fast food because it's really toxic. But however, it's that in that environment, you know, there's not this gigantic expectation. Well, if you went to Ruth Chris and you didn't have a waiter or waitress say thank you, um, you know, it would be, you'd be unhappy. And so what you want to do as a business owner is you always want to leave people with a smile on their face because the frowning person got less than what they expected. The straight face uh, got exactly what they expected, no more, no less. 
and the smiley face got more than what they expected. And in order to, you know, one of the, the caveats here with all of the, the referral advice that Dean is mostly explaining, um, you always want to leave people with a smile on their face because, you know, it, whenever you can exceed expectations, now people want to go tell somebody about it. And Walt Disney had a bunch of great quotes about this. I don't remember any of them verbatim. Um, you know, basically a lot of it boils down to if you want word of mouth marketing, you got to give people something worth talking about. Because mm-hmm. if you want a referral, you know, I mean, no one's going to go and brag about something if it's bland, if it's boring, or if it's, you know, unless someone just absolutely needs it. You know, and there are situations like that, but for the most part, uh, you're not going to orchestrate much around a bland, uh, unhappy, satisfying experience. You can really, and the people that tend to think about this also are the same people that tend to think about lifetime value of a client. They're the people that tend to think about really delivering a unique client experience. Uh, you know, they're people that tend to not be in the, you know, the commodity business. They tend to want to package the delivery of their products and services in a way that makes them, you know, better, stronger, faster, higher prices, that sort of stuff. And, and again, I mean, there's there's always exceptions to that. But for the most part, it's people that are conscientious about what they sell, who they sell it to, the experiences of their clients. And if you already are that type of person, which I think you are, because most people wouldn't be listening to a podcast on on marketing and improving it if they didn't, if they weren't already of that mindset, then you're totally set up to, you know, really leverage and multiply your income and your business by really going deep with understanding understanding referrals. So I just kind of wanted to say that because it's it's just a given. I mean, it sounds like common sense, but a lot of people I, I run into think that they should just get referrals when they don't even look at the delivery. I mean, like, you know, put yourself into the, the shoes of your, your your customers, your clients. When's the last time you bought from yourself? If you have lots of employees or you're not really in, you know, if you're like a retail store and, you know, when's the last time you bought something under disguise? I mean, when's the last time you called your office? When's the last time you purchased something online to your own company and really looked at, at the client experience? And I'm not saying you should be are going to be perfect all the time, but the point is, you know, you've got to continually, you know, uh, exceed uh, clients' expectations if you want to continually generate massive quantities uh, or just, you know, improvements on referrals. So I just wanted to say that. And you know what? That's so valuable, though, because that that really is what amplifies their desire to want to refer people. You know, how if you focus on that. If you have more happy clients, that that's a that, that's going to only amplify all of the things that you do to uh, to try and orchestrate referrals. Because happy clients, you're absolutely right, are the ones who want to to brag about it. You know, and I well, think yeah, that, yeah. And, and like with, with you saying, Dean, like us one upping each other and stuff like that. You know, if, uh, if yeah. I go out of my if I go out of my way to recommend something to you that adds value to your life. You know, what have I just done? I've just positioned myself as a, as a, as a much more value. You know, the value of an investment goes up based on the value of the investment. And if you want to have the value of your relationships go up, add more value. If you, if there are certain people, you know, people always ask me, how do you meet all of these people that you meet? How do you, you know, that sort of stuff? Well, you know, how do you meet Richard Branson? That sort of thing. Well, you, I, I figure out and orchestrate ways to add value to his life. If I want him to, you know, add value to mine. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty basic thing in my mind, but I'm surprised right. to the degree that many people don't think of it that way. It's, this is all about value creation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're absolutely so, right. And, and that's what really sets the stage for being able to, to take advantage of, of the things we're going to talk about now, which are the strategies for orchestrating those referrals. So, once you get past that mindset that uh, that they're referring people as a favor to you, forget that. That's not why people refer. And if that's what it really is, then that's not that's not a strong foundation for you to uh, to build your referral uh, marketing platform on. You know, you've got to really focus on having something, having a great experience that people really 
feel happy and confident to refer people to. But if if that's the baseline, if you do have that, and I'm going to assume that you do have that uh, because you're the kind of person that's listening to I Love Marketing and you're constantly trying to improve your your business and improve the way that you uh, the way that you deliver your service or your product or the experience that people have with you. And let's move on. How do you actually start? orchestrating these referrals. So when you get that mindset that they're doing it for their own reasons, that completely changes your approach to it, right? That lets you now position what you're doing in your mind as giving your clients an opportunity to feel good. Because you feel good when you refer people, you know? You feel good. You feel like you've got high status. And that that's really important for everybody in their their pack, you know, their own pack of people that they hang out with. So when you, when you realize that, now you can start looking about at how do referrals actually happen. And so I've really done a lot of, of studying on this and a lot of, of observing and and thinking about the the actual process of referrals. And so what I've observed is that all referrals happen as a result of a conversation. You know, you never have a referral happen without there being some conversation that's going on about it. And that's what we do. As you know, we're, we're social creatures and within our pack, we socialize and we, we have conversations all day. We have conversations with our neighbors, with our family, with our spouses, with our friends, with our coworkers, with our, the people we have recreation with, the people we have lunch with, all those things all day long, all the time. All we're doing is talking. We're having these conversations. So in order for a referral to happen, three things have to be present in those conversations. Number one, they have to notice that the conversation is about whatever your business is or something that would be valuable for your business. So they have to notice that the conversation is about real estate. They have to notice that the conversation is about somebody buying a house or selling their house or moving out of town or somebody moving into town or somebody, you know, buying their first home. All of those things are refer, are, are, you know, referral conversations. They have to notice that that's what the conversation is about. Number two, they have to think about you. You know, they have to notice that the conversation is about real estate and that noticing has to trigger a thought about you. You have to come to their mind. So when you're talking about it, Joe, that, you know, happy clients have a good anchoring feeling about you. And whenever a conversation comes up about what you do and they're a happy client, that's going to immediately make them think of you. And then the third thing that has to happen is that they have to introduce you into the conversation. So three things. They have to notice, they have to think about you, and they have to introduce you into the conversation. Now, these conversations are happening all the time. We're surrounded by them. Whatever business you're in, it's a certainty that the majority of people in your uh, sphere, the people who, who are on your, your client list, are having conversations that would be relevant to your business every single day. Those conversations are happening all the time. But they're probably not even noticing the significance that the conversation is about your business category. And if even if they do notice it and they do think about you, that might not translate them into them introducing you into the conversation. Or it might translate into them introducing you into the conversation in a way that is sort of passive on their part that they're saying, oh, you should you should call my friend Joe because he cleans carpets better than, than anybody. Or you should call my friend Dean because he can help you he can help you find a perfect house or he can help you get your house sold fast. All those things are 
conversations that are happening and scenarios that are unfolding. But for every one of those passive referrals that shows up on your doorstep, there are probably at least three to five times more times that your clients recommended you and they didn't follow up. They didn't end up calling you or they didn't come into your store or come in to see you about their back or ask you to help them sell their house. So how do we make it so that it's easy for those three things to happen? You know, one of the things that, that, that people do, the, one of the things that, that most businesses do, and I, I recommend this for, uh, I can't think of any business that wouldn't benefit by having a monthly communication with your clients. If it's a monthly newsletter or uh, some sort of a communication that you are regularly in contact with your clients so that they're constantly, um, you know, you're constantly present in that relationship. And so a lot of times what people do is they'll send things to their clients. They'll send a newsletter, um, but they're not really using it in a way that orchestrates those referrals happening. You know, a lot of times people will send a newsletter and it's just a newsletter and it's just uh, something, you know, interesting. Or it might be fun, but there's no real... Um, there's no triggers in it. There's no nothing where you're uh, asking for and getting a specific type of referral. See, because the big mistake that people often make is they confuse being nice to their clients with an orchestrated referral process. You know, they right. confuse, like, I send them a newsletter, I send them a birthday card, I send them, you know, a, a holiday card, I send them flowers in the spring or, you know, pumpkins in the fall. I do all these things for people, but, and, you know, my business card says I heart referrals, but nobody is referring me. You know, can, and, I, can, so, I, can I mention, can I mention something about that too? Because this kind of yeah. goes back to doing everything right in any sort of, communication, call it a conversation, call it a presentation, call it an, you know, whatever sort of engagement. And there's that, you know, I mean, it's just like sales 101. You got to ask for the close, right? You know, and for instance, you know, let's go back to, you know, many people that listen, I love marketing, you know, saw me speak at Dan Kennedy's event, the super conference mm-hmm. where I spoke to 1200 people and there was a line, um, of 500 people that were standing in line to get a copy of the, the Gary Halbert triple X, you know, Halbert, um, you know, program. CDs. Yeah. Yeah. CDs. And, um, you know, uh, we, I mean, I, I mean, I guess publicly I said, you know, I sold $120,000 worth of those right there at the spot and probably a hundred thousand dollars worth would have been purchased had they been able to get to all of the people that wanted orders because over you know there's a couple hundred people that thought they missed out on the offer because they literally couldn't get the orders in and this was a very robotic close i mean it wasn't me up on stage i I used a video (laughs) right i remember yeah you know, I mean, it wasn't me pitching people from the stage using some high-pressure, manipulative, you know, sales pitch. I mean, it was very robotic. And the bottom line is, you know, that took about seven minutes, but my presentation was 70 minutes. And had I not spent seven minutes showing them that a video making an offer, um, there would have not been 120000 in sales, of which we raised um $25,000 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, there wouldn't have been any of that because I simply wouldn't have taken that extra step. Well, it's the same thing what you just said here. If you just don't take that extra step, right. you are missing out. And there, so much of success boils down to sometimes a few minutes, sometimes a few seconds, sometimes uh, a specific offer, sometimes online it's just, you know, it's a, it's a checkbox, a uh, you know, what happens when people abandon a sales page. I mean, there's so many little things. And as it relates to referrals, you know, it's that, you know, little hinges swing big doors. And right. what I, I love that quote. And, and hopefully, you know, just you kind of dissecting the anatomy of a referral here, 
people are kind of, you know, they're able to see that paying attention to this really matters. I mean, I, hmm. I have people that have, I have clients that have literally doubled their income just by focusing on referrals that already were using really effective before strategies to generate business. Well, I, you know, the thing is that, that I, <laughs> I mean, I've tried to say this as powerfully as I can to that. I don't think that it's, it's possible to outspend yourself in your, in your after unit if you're orchestrating referrals the right way. I think yeah, this, yeah. There's the return on investment of communicating with the people who already know you, like you, and trust you, but just because the, at the worst case scenario, what you're doing is you're enhancing the repeat business element of your relationship with them, right? That's the worst case scenario that's happening. No, and exactly. I mean, case, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, so there's so many ways to hedge it. The, you know, the 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 best case scenario is that you're going to get. All that repeat business. I, I think about marketing or communicating with your uh, with your after unit with all the people who know you, like you, trust you. I look at that as like at least repeat business insurance. You know, you're not gonna have that. You know, kick yourself feeling when you find out that one of your clients had you know sold their house with somebody else or went to another chiropractor or switched carpet cleaners be just because you weren't in contact with them and somebody else was, you know? Yep. Exactly. It how it's like what Dan Sullivan talks about how people want to grant you a monopoly. You know, your, your clients want to grant you a monopoly on whatever it is that your business does, whatever role that is that you fill in their life. They want to have a go-to carpet cleaner. They want to have a go-to chiropractor. They want to have a go-to real estate agent. Whatever business you're in, people want to have that category, that problem solved. You know, and it, so yeah. if and a lot of times, just most businesses just neglect people. You know, think about all the businesses that you frequent or that I frequent and, you know, you you don't get treated like an insider. You don't get treated like they're somebody who has adopted you and taken you into their fold and has your best interests at heart when it comes to their category. It's so rare. I can't even, I can't think of, of it, it's very difficult to think of businesses who actually take that kind of approach, you know, but the ones that do really stand out. In your mind? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, to totally. It's like, um, <clears throat> for instance, uh, out of all the airlines, and I've spent lots of money with lots of different airlines. Yeah. You know, too. Southwest. I, I'd, I'd fly. You know, Virgin if there was a hub in Phoenix, which there isn't. Yeah. But you know, I've, 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 uh, I've flown obviously Virgin Atlantic, which is phenomenal, and you know, but Southwest Airlines. You know, I get. I get a birthday card from Southwest Airlines. I get a text message from Southwest if 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 a flight's going to be late. And you know, they're great. And all these other airlines don't do that stuff. And I cannot, you know, I mean to me it's mind-boggling when I go to a restaurant or I buy something and they have my contact information uh and they do anything after the yeah. fact, let alone send a newsletter and uh, that's why I think so many of your clients in real estate and so many of my clients in, that are professional cleaners and restorers do so well when they adopt these referral strategies because their competitors suck at it. Yeah. You know, I mean, <clears throat> everyone has uh, a great business advantage if you just start paying attention to people and you start thanking right. them and you start treating them well. And what, what Dan Sullivan, you know, says about the monopoly is that um you know you're it, he calls it a value creation monopoly instead of a monopoly where you know you're the only you know cable company or electric company or water company in town and people right. are forced to do business with you no matter how crappy the service you know if you are if you have competition you know how do you grant how do you create a value creation monopoly where it's not through force and scarcity but it's through simply really taking care of people i've i've granted strategic coach a a monopoly because they're awesome 
and they do a great job. And so I, I think if everyone that's listening to us right now thinks there are certain restaurants that you probably have or certain, maybe be at a coffee shop or places where, what's that? Cafe Latte. Yeah, where you go. Yeah, exactly. Right, right by. I, you know, I have such a great relationship there that I, I bought the building right behind the cafe because I go there every day and it would be so convenient to have my office right there. Yeah, exactly. And then that's, that's, that's why the I whole that building. Yeah. And people can watch the breakfast cookie that, you know, <laughs> video that I shot right. that was done right there, which is on an earlier episode of, uh, of I Love Marketing. So just go look for the breakfast cookie video. But uh, yeah, so people that are listening have probably already granted certain businesses, you know, um, services, a monopoly already. And you probably tell other people about them. So, uh, you know, part of, even using, you know, methodology to generate better referrals and introduce people is is really kind of thinking of your own existing experiences and, and and looking at it, and you know, moving you know backwards uh, in terms of engineering what's going on and understanding it. And I think the better you understand this, the more you can apply it to your own situation because you're probably already doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so go ahead, Dean. Give 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 us some ninja, give us some ninja ninja methodology here. Okay, so let's let's catch up to where we are. So we know that we're we've gotten over the the mindset that people are referring you because they're doing you a favor. Get out, get that out of your mind. Realize that the real reason people refer is because they want to feel good and that's why we refer anything and so knowing that those all those referrals happen as a result of a conversation and knowing that you know three things have to happen they have to notice that the conversation is about your business category they have to think about you and they have to introduce you into that conversation so how can we orchestrate that and, you know, when, when you're communicating with your clients, we talked about getting past the notion that being nice to your clients is enough. You know, it's not. You have to really overcome what is called bystander apathy. And so when you're communicating with your clients, when you, you know, the, the very best thing you can do is communicate to them one-on-one in addition to communicating to them in a group setting like your, uh, like a newsletter. Your newsletter is like broadcasting to people. And so I used to do this as an example at our, at our seminars. You know, I would say, uh, I would talk about bystander apathy and, and the, the illustration of that is, is the first thing that they teach you when you take a CPR class or a first aid class specifically. When, when you're the first person on the scene and you're administering first aid or, or any emergency situation like that, the first thing they teach you is not to just yell out, somebody call an ambulance, somebody get a blanket. Because who, who is somebody? Right? Somebody is somebody else. That's not me, right? When they're looking, right. when you say somebody call an ambulance, then everybody turns around and says, yeah, somebody should call an ambulance. You know, that would be a great idea. Then what they do teach you is they teach you to make eye contact and point at one specific person and say, you call an ambulance, you get a blanket, and you're pointing and directing specific people. And when I would do this at the seminars, I'd be pointing to two people in the front row, and I'd always ask, I said, now, what's the likelihood of these two people calling an ambulance and getting a blanket compared to when I just, you know, looked over the whole audience and said, somebody call a ambulance. And it's the same thing when you're communicating with your clients. If you're communicating with your clients about referrals in a broadcast type of way and saying, just want you all to know how much we appreciate your referrals. And if any of you know anybody who's thinking about getting their carpets clean, we sure would appreciate if you refer them to us. You know, that's the same kind of thing, right? If they see that in your newsletter or they see that in your, uh, in any kind of communication, they might think, yeah, that's great. I hope somebody does refer, uh, somebody to Joe, you know? 
Mm-hmm. And so we have to get into a situation where we can identify the types of conversations that our, our specific clients are most likely to get into. The, what are the high probability conversations that they're going to, that they're going to get into? And so I always look at it from creating a referral profile on your, your top clients, the people who are the ones who would be most likely to refer somebody to you and really looking at their life and thinking, if they were to refer somebody, what would be the most likely scenario for that to happen? It's almost like you're creating a psychological profile, like on CSI or something, you know, where they're trying to like create a profile of this person. What would be the, the likely scenario that they would refer somebody to me? And so when you think about it, um, you know, I'll give you a couple of examples. So if, if let's, I'll use a couple of real estate examples. If I were a realtor here in, in Toronto that I've got friends who, uh, I'm thinking of two specific friends who live in a townhouse complex here. And Kim is, you know, they have a, a two-year-old who is always out on the, the playground. She's a stay-at-home mom and Mark works in the city and she's like Miss Socialite, you know, she's out among all of the other mothers in the townhouse complex. You know, they're all always out on the playground. She's on the condo association uh, board. She she knows she's almost like the mayor of River Run. You know, the mayor of the of the the uh, townhouse complex. And if if I were thinking about it, if Kim were to refer somebody to me as a realtor. It would most likely be somebody who lives in those townhouses because that's where predominantly her conversations are taking place, you know? Right. And so if I know that about Kim and I have her flagged in my contact management system as a townhouse owner and as River Run specifically as her, her townhouse complex and I know that I can go into my contact management system and find people just like Kim who own townhomes uh, and live in specific complexes. If I were showing townhouses to somebody from, from out of town or from in town, anytime I was showing townhouses, what I would do is go into my contact management system find the people that I've got flagged with those specific tags to find them. And I would send Kim a specific email that says, Hey, Kim, uh, I'm showing townhouses this weekend to a couple from Atlanta. The only problem is there's only three townhouses available right now. Have you heard anybody in River Run talking about selling their townhouse? we may be able to match them up with this couple from Atlanta. And that short personal expecting a reply email sent to somebody who knows me, likes me, trusts me, is a happy client and is in a position to help with that specific referral, she's going to feel great if she's able to let me know about one of the other mothers or other people in the townhouse complex who are just about ready to sell their house and and buy another house because now they may be able to sell their townhouse without even putting it on the market. And you think about how that would raise Kim's status in the townhouse complex if she was able to orchestrate somebody getting their townhouse sold without them even having to put it on the market. That's going to make her look like a hero, wouldn't you say? That would make her look pretty awesome. She would even have a cape. (laughs) (laughs) And she's going to feel good about that because that's right in her wheelhouse. You know, that's something that she could specifically do. So, you know, when you think about the your business and you think about the types of scenarios that your clients might be in 
where they're having conversations that would specifically uh, be able to help you. It's almost like what you're doing is you're taking those three elements of a referral conversation and applying them to yourself. It's like you're you're noticing the types of situations where you could use a referral right now, and you're thinking about who among your happy clients, the people who know you like you trust you, who do you know that could introduce you to somebody who is ready to do what it is that you're uh, that you're able to help them with you know it's yep. making sure you're orchestrating a way that all three of those things can take place you're doing it yourself you're just reversing the process you're you've got that awareness around it you know yeah, I love it. I love it. So, okay. So, well, first off, I think we should just end right now because that's more than, you know, most people deserve to hear. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm funny. kidding, by the way. There's always, there's always some weird person that'll write like some email comment or some, or some email, some, you know, I love marketing comment and, you know, take it too seriously or something uh, you know I'll, I'll, I'll say one of my smart ass comments or whatever and they'll be like oh, uh, oh boy no that doesn't happen most people I think Never. will love us just like they love marketing well okay so for the few for the little bit of time we have left for this particular episode um, yeah, I can't what do you think uh, people should do so here's what I think they should do is first of all you've got to realize that right now that there are people who are, uh, you know, happy that you are in their life. I'm happy that, right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that, and they are surrounded by people and having conversations every day. And so what's very valuable for you is to start thinking about what types of conversations would I like to be a part of? And, you know, imagine if you had the capability to implant each of your clients with a special ear chip that you could monitor just like Homeland Security. And whenever you hear specific trigger words, you can be alerted and listen in on that conversation and take over the conversation and steer it towards you uh, being introduced into that conversation. You know, as soon as you notice a conversation about any particular thing that would be valuable, and it doesn't just have to be um, a, an overtly specific conversation. Like if you're, if you're talking about real estate as an example, and I'll, I'll give you some other examples too, but if you're talking about real estate, because everybody can relate to this, a very valuable conversation would be overt conversations where somebody's talking about uh, buying a house specifically. They're saying, yeah, we're looking for a house. That's a pretty overt conversation. And if you heard that phrase, we're looking for a house, and you could be like alerted that that conversation is going on right now, that would be a valuable conversation for you to be a part of. Or we're selling our house. That's a pretty valuable overt conversation. But what also would be valuable are the peripheral things as well, the kind of conversations that are not directly related to real estate, but people talking about getting married or having a baby, or, you know, their kids going to college. Uh, those kind of things offer peripheral opportunities. If somebody is, is getting married, they're probably going to, to buy a house, even though that's not specifically what they were talking about. If somebody is having a baby, they, they may be in a house that's too small for them now, or they may be in an apartment, and that, that could be a trigger for them deciding to finally take that step in the home ownership to create a stable environment for their for their kids or somebody going to college especially right now with the way the the economy is and the way the opportunities are there in real estate that it might be an opportunity for the parents to invest in a property that their kids could live in and rent out some other rooms as an investment for the next four or five years when they when they're going to school. So if if you're thinking about and creating an exhaustive list of the the 
conversations that would be valuable for you to be part of, that's going to help you think about how to how to orchestrate those. So those would be some examples for real estate. Let's maybe think about some for carpet cleaning, Joe. You know, you're talking about uh, an overt conversation would be, you know, we had this party and we spilt this wine on our on our carpet. That's like there's a you know physical stain that's there. That's a conversation that would be a valuable conversation for you to to be involved in. Or uh, you know even on the, the other types of things where um, you know talking about they got a new puppy and the puppy's been having accidents all over the carpet. You know um, those kind of things. Well, they go where they got a new new ba- not to compare puppies to babies, although there's similarities. <laughs> Um, right. You know, whenever someone has a new child, it's. Per- I, I even have a trade show like um, process that I teach cleaners yeah. where there's a big banner, a uh, big poster of a uh, for trade shows of a a big dust mite and a big baby, and the headlines: Who's crawling on who? And that oh. always tends, <laughs> you know, that always tends to to, to to get the attention of women when they're you know walking that's through almost, with their. That's almost unfair. It is almost unfair. <laughs> and we just gave everyone an unfair advantage. Oh, yeah. It all, there, first off, there's always an opportunity to, you know, basically introduce, um, people, um, to what it is you're doing if, if you yeah. pay attention to conversations. And, and also, um, you know, everyone, I think this week should get their carpets clean. I mean, even if you need it or not, I think you should go to ethicalservices.com. You should type in your zip code, find a local cleaner. Get your, get your carpets clean, you know? Just make yourself feel good. Yeah. Okay. I like That's it. all I wanted to say. <laughs> that's, that's Here's good. one thing, too. Here's one thing, too, because you said something really funny about, um, you know, people being happy. This is sort of an aside, but I'm sort of like a demented individual. And if that's not already apparent to those of you that have listened to every episode of I Love Marketing, um, this week, I, I, I don't know, I heard this line years ago, but if, if you see someone that's looking a little crabby or unhappy, um, just say to them, you know, ask them, are you happy? And if they say yes, then say, notify your face. Because <laughs> I like that. I think it's humorous as hell. Now, yeah. and I want you to post the comments of how people respond to that on I Love Marketing, if you do it. But I want you to do that. Try to find, like, hopefully someone tonight, today, whenever you listen to this, you know, just say, are you happy? Yes. You know, notify your face. And of course, the delivery is important. So I'm not probably doing the greatest job of delivering how to do it. Uh, but I want you to post your comments. And I would love to have you look at all the people that you know that are business owners and all the different ways that, you know, the economy could be improved if people got better marketing and created a value creation monopoly. And I, we would love it if you introduced I Love Marketing to uh, any person that you know that is in business that could utilize uh, and benefit from these uh, wonderful, proven marketing and referral strategies. Mm-hmm. So what else, Dean? I, you know, I think that those uh, those things, that, that awareness right there, sometimes awareness builds its own momentum, you know, but if they just take that approach to realizing the types of referrals that you could you know, that you most want right now and then orchestrate a way for specific people to give you those types of referrals and to, to plant those referral seeds for people. They're going to feel good, you know? Yep, they will. They will feel yeah. very good. Yeah, and, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, if you pay attention to this, I think the quality of your services will go up. I think the quality of your relationships will go up. There are many strategic byproducts that come from uh, generating referrals. Even one of my very best, you know, carpet cleaning clients, now turned marketer, uh, Kevin Thompson, he created a whole thing called a client council solely built around the very best people that were referring people to his business, and they became his unpaid-for sales force that loved referring other people to him. And he, you know, he would have client appreciation dinners or he'd take everyone out to a restaurant. And I mean, you know, people think, well, this is carpet cleaning. Yeah, exactly. If a carpet cleaner can develop, you know, that level of rapport and connection with people, there's, you know, I don't know who couldn't do it, but you know, the, 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 the thing is you got to care. You really got to care. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it. That's so good. Dean, 
I think as good action items there. Absolutely, there's a ton of action items here, and so yeah, so I I, I appreciate your wisdom, my friend. And um, <laughs> what you know, what, what's uh, what's the last word? What's the last word here? You happy? Are you happy, Dean? I'm happy. Good, and oh, I'm well. sure if I saw you right now, you'd be all smiling and stuff. So right. there you go. It's, you know, that's it. That's it. I'm done. All right. Well, that's perfect. So. <laughs> I think uh, it wouldn't be right to end this without having an orchestrated referral situation for the people who are listening right now to pay attention to the conversations that they're having right now Uh, this whole week. You know, they're going to be in conversations with people who own businesses and they're going to be, you know, conversations that aren't about marketing. And I hope that when they have those conversations that they'll think about us. And that they'll introduce ilovemarketing.com right into that conversation and send people there or send people to a specific episode, you know, your favorite episode that you've really enjoyed. Refer that to your friends and it's going to make you feel good because they'll come back to you and say, wow, I really love that podcast. And then that's going to raise their status in their, in their pack. Exactly. And those of you that are coming to our conference, I mean, just, you know, bring your friends and neighbors, even the kids, because I don't even think kids want to play video games anymore. They just want to listen to marketing. That's exactly what the kids are listening to these days. Well, you know, they, they should be, at least the ones that are going to make exactly. any money in the future. That would be great. If, there, if there's any future ahead of them, they will be listening yeah. to I Love Marketing. Because this is real education, because all true education is self-education. So we appreciate all our listeners that take the time out of their day, their night, whenever it is, and are continually learning how to improve their marketing and selling and referral capabilities. So thank you very much. Until the next episode of I Love Marketing, goodbye. Seacrest out.